Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment of Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson. And I'm going to go full circle where we started the program today because I always want you to be aware of what is coming so that when it comes, you'll know what you're seeing. And it's about helping you make the news make sense. And, of course, we're sitting here and the countdown clock is on. And just as we said it would be, when this happened in September, and just as we said it would be when it happened again in December, and just as we said it would be when they kicked it down the can, the can down the road in January, here we are in March. And on Friday at midnight, the U.S. government will run out of money. Now, I don't expect that to happen, but you will hear all kinds of calamities that are coming at midnight on Friday because we have to fund the government. And you're going to hear things from both sides of the political aisle in the ultimate of fake fights and false choices of what this vote represents and what it means and why we all should be wringing our hands. And the problem is that this is what we have accepted as leadership, and it's not leadership. Battling against your opponent And screaming about what you're against is not leadership. As we talked earlier in the program, it may win you an election. You can yell and scream about your political opponent and call them nasty names and raise suspicion and focus on innuendo and criticize this, that, and the other. And you can win an election and be seated in power. But do not mistake that for leadership. Leadership's a very different thing, and you have to know what you're for, and you have to be willing to fight for that and speak up for that. But the lack of leadership we're going to see in the days ahead are going to be screaming about what Democrats are against, and Republicans will do the same and scream about what they're against. And as we careen towards the cliff of a government shutdown, which, again, is not going to happen, We will also be presented with a myriad of false choices of things that will be thrown into a massive spending package that we have no business looking at for political expediency. I referred to this earlier in the program as the shiny object. 
And usually there is some shiny object, and the leaders of both political parties get together behind closed doors and decide what the shiny object will be that will make this a must-pass bill. Because if we don't pass it, everything's going to shut down. Grandma's going to be pushed off the cliff. Armageddon's on the way. And in a most disturbing way to me, which had me on the borderline of rage in our first segment today, tried to stick with reason, but I am so frustrated because this week, the shiny object that politicians will use to try to pass more spending is the people of Ukraine. And that is deeply offensive to me. We know and everyone agrees from the White House to every member of Congress that there is money needed to fund humanitarian efforts and military efforts for Ukraine. And everyone seems to agree that the price tag is about $10 billion right now. That that's what's needed immediately. And there might be a little haggle over that price tag, a little more, a little less. But everybody agrees that it needs to be done, and it needs to be done speedily. So what did they do? They take that and they tie it to this massive continuation of spending. And that is wrong. And look at it this way. The Senate will be in session in another hour or so. The House will be in session tomorrow. But the House goes out of session on Wednesday this week. Why? So they can go to a retreat. Uh, I think we should ban retreats. Uh, I've always said they should only have advances. But the political parties will go to a retreat. Why? So they can spend several days at a luxury resort and get together and figure out their talking points for the 2022 midterm elections. rather than staying in Washington and doing the work of governing, which is much harder to do than politicking. And on a week and at a time where every member of Congress should be on the floor of the House and of the Senate, just taking a vote on emergency spending for Ukraine. Don't make it part of the political theater. And so when you hear that this week, and you will, because you'll hear anyone who opposes the massive spending deal, if they're not going to vote for that, they're for Vladimir Putin. That's what you're going to hear. Or they're voting against it. Oh, they must they must hate the Ukrainian people. They have no heart, no soul. And that's a false choice. But it's because Congress continues to not do their job. And as voters and citizens, we keep allowing the same to be okay. It's not okay. And I guarantee you, one of the things that you're going to hear coming out of these retreats from the political parties, by this time next week, we will be listening to 2022, the most important election of our lifetime. That's going to be the headline from now until November. And I'm here to tell you, it is not. We often talk about politics failing, and it has. It's failed us for sure. But America hasn't failed, and it won't. 
And it won't because of places like Utah and communities like yours, because that is what drives the country. And so the thing that we have to look at is, as I look at it, whether or not this will be the most important election of our lifetime, whether Democrats maintain control of the House and the Senate and the White House, uh, I think whether this is the most important election of our lifetime really has very little to do with who wins or loses. It has everything to do with what we, the people, choose to do next. So so here's a little flip of the script for you on a Monday. Noodle on this a little bit. If, if it is going to be the most important election of our lifetime, it will be because of what we choose to do as American citizens. If we are united, if we are sparked by a vision of a higher purpose and a cause— if we can return to those founding principles and those things that everyone know are important. Uh, so there's a lot of what-ifs in there. And I like to go through the what-ifs because it's a good way to get me thinking a little more creatively. So here's a few what-ifs for you on a Monday. Uh, so what if we, the people, did rise up and uh, took this current challenge, this current cycle, and decided to do things differently? What if we rejected the establishment of both political parties with their strident voices, with their demonizing rhetoric and their preservation of power at any cost to governing. What if, what if we rejected that and said, it's not enough for you to be against things. We need to know what you're for. And that doesn't apply just to those who are already in power. That should be the litmus test for anyone you cast a vote for in 2022. If you can't articulate, what they are for, I don't think they deserve your vote. And what if we said enough to all the special perks and privileges for the wealthy and the well-connected and really leveled the playing field for every American? Uh, what if we said no to political pandering and unkept promises from politicians and demand more transparency and real accountability from leaders? What if we stopped looking for some political savior from Washington to waltz in and solve our problems? instead of looking within. And I'm telling you, John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan are not walking through the door this year, folks. We have to look within. And what if we did that? What if we focused on community-driven solutions to make poverty just temporary instead of tolerable? What if we chose to criticize less, compliment more, become role models instead of critics in our communities? And what if we chose to bite our tongue a little bit more, speak in anger less, if at all, and engage in some elevated dialogue instead of the divisive rhetoric we keep getting. So there's some what-ifs for you to noodle on. I think we can do better. I know we can do better, and I have incredible confidence in the future of the American people. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and please do something today. That'll make a difference. Your all-day resource for critical breaking news, traffic and weather, and conversation about Utah's most important stories. Listen on any smart speaker, the KSL News Radio app, and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. 
and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.